0: Well, this morning we continue our journey through John. I'm moving on to another place where, again, and it's interesting how Scripture, because it's alive, every time you read it, different things come to mind or stand out or are emphasized in your mind and heart. And as I've been going through John, preparing for this this time, I'm surprised at how many times a passage we dealt with several weeks ago keeps coming up, and that's the healing um, of the person at the well at Bethesda um, that happens to be on the Sabbath, and not only does Jesus keep going back to it, but so do the people he's interacting with, the Pharisees and others, Um, and it comes up again in our passage this morning um, as we look at um, what I'm going to focus on in terms of um, looking at things um, that are more than skin-deep Um, Part of the reason for this going back to that healing um, is because it did happen on the Sabbath and because there's all kinds of questions of people of Jesus about, well, what does that mean then about the law and what the law is really for and why was it that he was willing to do that, to heal this person and not only heal him, but ask him to get up and pick up his mat and to walk which technically he wasn't supposed to do on the Sabbath. And one of my favorite seminary professors had a question for us that he would ask all the time, one of my New Testament professors, and that was, are we rule keepers or are we people keepers? What is it that we are really called to do? And what does that look like? And so with that in mind here now, Um, The word of the Lord, in the Gospel of John, um, after Jesus fed um, the 5,000. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee, and he did not want to go about in Judea. Um, Sorry, I started too soon. Verse um, 14 of chapter 7. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning? Without having been taught. And Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own, it comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. And there is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? And Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you were all amazed. And yet, because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. And skipping forward a little, on the last, day of the, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not been glorified. Thus far, I'm the word of the Lord. Even when you know something, it's not necessarily easy to always do it or to live by it. And so even though I know I'm not to judge a book by its cover or just to look at appearances or to look at things on the surface, I find myself doing that over and over without even thinking about it. Yesterday, Caleb and Sasha i had a basketball game. They're in the Y League, that's going for the next six weeks or so. And as I sat there while the teams were warming up, I said to myself, "Oh no, we're in trouble." <laughs> that team's got a lot of height. It looks like they got a lot of fast players and some good ball handlers. But the game didn't end up that way. And Caleb and Sasha's team actually ended up winning not because they were necessarily better, but because they played together better as a team, which is something that you can't just see by looking at a team warming up. But we do that in even more profound ways, right? We see somebody's outward behavior and we think, oh, there must be something going on, or oh, That's not appropriate or whatever, but when you actually really find out what's going on below the surface, um, often we have to eat a little crow and say, oh, well, if I knew, (laughs) I would have responded differently. And the church, unfortunately, and I don't mean just us, I mean the church um, is known for this. We're known for looking at the surface at the appearance at the outside um, as being um, judgmental. And we've been having several gatherings as we've come and are new to meet and greet and get to know people. And this last weekend, we had one at the Sachs house, and we started talking in our conversation about how their experience of church and other people that were there, their experience of faith and of growing up. And one of the things that came up was how when they were little, and they were invited to church, their initial response is, oh, well, I can't do that. I can't go there. I don't have the right clothes. I don't look right. I don't act right. And so often, that's people's first thought and when they think of church. They're going to see what's on the outside and will it be okay? Will they respond Well, to me, just who I am. And not even that, but will they go past that and go deeper? And it all goes to what the real problem is, which I think is one of the things that we are wrestling with as a church and as a culture. What is really going on below the surface? Because if the problem were just skin deep and then it would be like a splinter, right? Where you could pull that splinter out and then things would be taken care of. How many of you have pulled out a splinter? (laughs) Had a splinter? Pretty much everybody. How many of you would consider doing brain surgery on yourself? Right, it's a far different thing. And that's a picture of the human condition. Our problem is not a splinter, but we keep responding as if it is. We keep looking at the surface, at behavior, at appearances, and think that if we can somehow get people to look right, behave right, then we will be taking care of the problem. But the problem is far more like a tumor that is growing deep within, and it's intermeshed with healthy tissue And there's thousands of nerves and vessels and muscles that have to be considered when removing that tumor. And Jesus is trying to tell not only the people that he's speaking to at this festival, but us, that that's what he's about doing. I want to heal the whole thing. The whole person. All of creation And that is complicated and deep and messy. And so when we somehow think that God isn't doing things the way that we would like or should or in the right timing, we got to remember that he's doing brain surgery on billions (laughs) all the time. And not just people, but creation and systems and beyond those things trying to bring about shalom, peace, wholeness, life. I'm in the midst of all of that. And so give God some slack, <laughs> right? I mean, we literally, we, up until decades ago, the whole idea of blaming God for all of these things almost hardly ever happened. But somehow it's become fashionable to blame God for whatever it is. It must be because God isn't strong enough or powerful enough or cares enough or loves enough because we forget that the problem is not just skin deep, it's far, far deeper than that. And so God is at work from within by his Spirit. And it's why the spirit is so crucial and it's why we're given this picture of the spirit of water that brings life, that heals and cleanses and makes whole because it's something that we see all the time and we take in all the time. God is at work. I'm healing from the inside out. Not just you and not just me, but at work in all of creation. And so the Spirit's work is crucial and our inviting in of the Spirit to do that, Lord, I know I need surgery from the inside out. Will you come and make me whole and give me life and bring about that healing then we will do what Jesus says and not just look at the surface, but judge rightly, but look rightly because things go far deeper. And how will we know the when that's really happening? How will we know what is the indication that things are really sinking in and going deep? Well, I think that Jesus gives us the hint to that in this passage as well. Not only do we need the Spirit, not only do we need to be healed from the inside out, but when that begins to happen, we will do um, exactly what Jesus did, right? We are followers of Jesus. And so Jesus says, when that's happening, you will know because you will do things not for your own glory, but you will do them for God's glory. And you will do them not just for yourself, but for God and others. And as that begins to happen more and more, we will know more and more that the Spirit is work at work from the inside out. So look past appearances know that the real problem is deep um, and complicated, but that God is at work. Um, And as you see things rightly, God by his spirit will also be at work in you, healing and transforming and turning you outward um, so that you too will seek the things of God. And seek the health of others. So may we go deeper. May it be so. Amen.